evening, everybody. How are we? Well, they good items, and thank you, Renee, for your testimony. And if uh, people at home or the caravan, wherever you might be, we hope that you're enjoying the, the night tonight. We're going to turn straight to our Bible and going to go to Hebrews in chapter 13. The topic of tonight's talk is being thankful. And we're here tonight because our walk in the Lord has been one of um, thankfulness. We haven't stopped thanking the Lord. And if we do, we have um, meetings like tonight or this after this morning with Pastor Paul. We're reminded constantly about being thankful to the Lord and our salvation. We're reminded this year constantly in our meeting time and our fellowship time just what the Lord has done in our life. And we just, we're just constantly reminding each other about what, uh, how good the Lord is to us and our salvation. So we've heard testimonies all through camp already that really, uh, Renee even used the word grateful in a part of her testimony about the miraculous uh, uh, child that's coming into this world shortly. And we're very grateful about what God can do in people's lives. So being thankful is part and parcel of what we are as a fellowship. Um, we've got a scripture here that I want to turn to, Hebrews chapter 13. And it says in verse 15, By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. But to do good and to communicate, forget not, for with such sacrifices... God is well pleased. So we know that in Hebrews it talks about it as if without faith it is impossible to please God, but he that believes must believe that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. I'm just paraphrasing for time. And so we know that by, when we approach the Lord in faith, it pleases God. And sometimes when we're praising the Lord and thanking the Lord, we're doing it in anticipation of something that might change in our life that we need changing. And other times, as a result of praising the Lord, we're thanking him for a victory. Along the line, we can have, um, when I came along to the Lord, I could never give up smoking. I could never give up swearing or blaspheming. Uh, the Lord just saying a couple of Sundays ago that I was a prolific blasphemer of, uh, of, of God. And, you know, I'd put my fist up and challenge God all the time in, in almost sort of daring God to uh, do something and I'm glad he didn't take up the fight because I wouldn't be here today, I'd be a pile of ashes somewhere wherever I cursed his name. But I came along to the Lord and in seeking the Lord for the Holy Spirit, I was praising his name and thanking him to find salvation. And in that moment of time, my life changed. For that's my testimony. And we're taught from that moment on that I came along to the Lord, I sat halfway at the back there on my first meeting about the Lord and a brother got up here and testified of a fellowship where there was four people and gave a greetings from, from that part of the world wherever he is from and it made me realise that in our fellowship big numbers, small numbers we like hearing people's testimony that's what I was thinking about on the time I hadn't even been baptised that God was actually interested in me and you and I as individuals and that the only thing that I could do in this life is this very scripture here, offer up the praises of my lips to thank the Lord for what he had done in my life and to continually thank the Lord for what he's doing in my life. And as I said earlier on, sometimes we're praising and thanking the Lord with an anticipation that if we do such a thing, we put our minds and our hearts in a good place, ready to receive a victory. And then we get that victory 
And then we're praising and thanking the Lord for the victory that we were sought after. And all the people said, let's go to uh, Luke in chapter 17. Luke 17. And we see here the story of a man that said thank you. We've got here in Luke chapter 17, verse 11. And it came to pass that as he went, Jesus, to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee, right in the middle of nowhere. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And leprosy has been the scourge of generations gone by. Down through the ages, it has tormented human beings from many generations, from the recorded time. Right back in the ancient, leprosy has had this really bad reputation and rightfully so. Some saw it as a curse, some saw it as a punishment from God. The symptoms, chronic cough, raspy voice, hoarse voice, discolouring of the patches of skin, nodules on the skin, ulcers on the soles of your feet, lumps on the face and earlobes, uh, loss of eyebrows and hair, eyebrows and eyelashes, painful joints, loss of sensation of touch, pins and needles, nerve damage, loss of weight, weakness of hand and foot. You could see, smell and hear a leper a, a long way away. In the Old Testament, you had to cry out, unclean, unclean. All the days of he has a sore, he shall be unclean. He is unclean, he shall dwell alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. He's defiled, he's infectious, and he's all alone. This is 10 people living in a horrible, horrible world that they were living in there. And they saw, or they heard, or they lifted up their voice, whatever that voice sounded like, whether it was a leprosy type of voice, and Jesus, and they said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Sometimes in the villages in Papua New Guinea, um, I was just talking to Pastor Godfrey tonight. He sends greetings, by the way, up in Lumi. And they've just had a baptism today, and he had a prayer line of 300 people that were healed, and he's baptising people right now. And so he passes on his greetings to people here tonight. But there were times when, just by reputation, they would hear that Pastor Godfrey was coming into town. He was coming into a village and the sick would come out. And he was very clear to say this, I am not going to heal you. I cannot heal you. But if you praise and thank the Lord Jesus Christ, he will heal your body. And lots and lots of people have been healed throughout Papua New Guinea as a result of that. And he's constantly reminding, I cannot heal. And here we see by reputation, somewhere along the line, these 10 men have chased down Jesus Christ and have called out from a distance, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, go show yourselves unto the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. In Leviticus 13, 14 and 15, it gives a whole description of what you need to do in your house, your garments and your body if leprosy is, becomes part of your life. So there's all these rituals that were required. And as they went that way, they were cleansed. And one of them, verse 15, when he saw that he was healed, turned back with a loud voice and glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus answering said, were there not 10 cleansed, but where are the nine? There are not found that returned to give glory to God 
save this stranger. Do you know what the best part of that story is that this man had a, a communication talk with Jesus Christ. And if you, the other nine disappear into the pages of history, but this man, you can almost measure the life that he would have had by as long as he remembered of the miracle, he would be give constant thanks to Jesus Christ. And when people would come up to him, just like it was me, if I was that person, for the rest of my life, any opportunity that I would have, I met Jesus Christ. I spoke to him. I've met him personally. I spoke with him. We talked. He healed me. And if I was thankful, that would be the constant in my life. And equally, I could measure that if this story is me or you here tonight, if you lose track of thanking the Lord, why? Then so does that story. And that story disappears into the pages of history as well. We can measure thankfulness by how much we communicate with Jesus Christ. This is the best part about it. This guy, people hearing, and he says to someone, I've actually met Jesus Christ. I talked with him. He healed my body. And when we thank the Lord, it brings out good things in our life. Let's go to, sorry, um, we'll go to Philippians in chapter 4. They did a study in the United States. This is where we turn to Philippians chapter 4. A medical study on giving thanks, what it does to our social fabric of our communities and what it does to the individual. It came up with seven major points, people giving thanks. People that are thankful, it's a medical association of the United States, and they spoke to all the variable medical people, psychologists, psychiatrists, and neurologists, etc., etc. Every field of medicine they spoke to, and indeed did this massive study about the impact of being thankful. Number one, thankful people have better, longer, greater relationships. Number two, thankful people experience fewer aches and pains in their bodies and have a, an improved physical health. Number three, being thankful reduces toxic emotions of envy, resentment, frustration and regret. Thankful people have empathy and are sensitive towards people's needs. Thankful people have better sleep. Note that if people spent 15 minutes before they went to bed jotting down all the things that they were thankful about, they had better sleeps according to this survey or this study that they had. It increases self-esteem, especially amongst the elite athletes who are so busy being self-absorbed that by being thankful it made them realise that they could get their minds off themselves. Thankful people um, were able to deal with trauma better because their minds were in a better place to deal with stress. And we thank the Lord every day of our life. And don't we have that in, in our lives? We're able to help people. We're able to show empathy. We can deal with trauma better because we have a source, Jesus Christ, that we can turn to. We have his example of him dying on the cross as a way in which we can be encouraged to remain thankful in a thankful position. And I know that uh, one time uh, 
there was a brother in a prayer line. He's in the, in the queue and he overheard a brother just praying quietly going, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And then he realised, standing in the prayer line waiting to be prayed for, oh, I haven't said thank you. So this brother started to say thank you. And by the time he got to the prayer line to be prayed for, he felt that he'd been healed. So he rushed off into the bathroom at the Vogue and checked his mouth out. He had all these ulcers and they were all gone by the power of the Lord, by saying thank you. And we all do it. We all be reminded. this. All our meetings are about what we know and we're just getting reminded constantly about where we can go for our source. It's a place that Jesus Christ said to God himself, Father, I thank you, Lord of heaven and earth. That's Jesus himself, thank God. And he was thanking the Lord in, in John 17 about us in the future. Protect them, keep them. Um, so being thankful is part and partial of who we are as a, as a people. And what I say in Philippians in chapter 4, verse 6. Be careful for nothing. Sorry. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Let's make a list of all the things that we can be thankful about in our relationship with the Lord. It's a big list. We start writing down what Jesus Christ, what God has done, our fellowship, and even thanking the Lord for one another, thanking the Lord for our oversight, thanking the Lord for our teachings that we have. We could have been called anywhere, but we've been called to this wonderful work. Thanking the Lord for the future souls that are going to be saved, for the future miracles that we're going to hear and see in our midst. Thanking the Lord for Renee in the new year, that Renee and Ben having a child. We, we celebrate these wonderful stories that Jesus Christ has made us part of. Let's go to uh, Colossians in chapter, chapter 3. Colossians in chapter 3. And even with Christine, when she received the Holy Spirit back in 1973... Uh, she was um, seeking for about six to eight weeks and then she realised that she needed to say thank you. So she started to thank the Lord for what the Lord had done in her life. Her mother had been healed of uh, eczema. Her auntie had been healed of asthma. And while she was thanking the Lord of all the things that God had done in her life, thanking the Lord for her family, she'd been healed as a child. While she was thanking the Lord, she received the Holy Ghost. So thankfulness is such an important part. It's, it's a gratitude. It puts us in a good place mentally, spiritually. I was talking to, to Professor Hay, David Haynes over here. And even in psychiatric treatment now, they're leaning more towards what the brain does when you ask negative questions. People that have come to his ward and you ask them, oh, how, are you, how are you coping with all the bad things that have happened in their day and, that, and people are getting reminded of all the negatives that have happened in their day and the negativity that sets off in their brain and they're learning to ask more positive questions. How are you coping? How have you coped? What have you done to better yourself? Asking positive things about something that negative that might be happening in their life because it triggers off different impacts within the brain. So for us, we've got a brain, every one of us here in this room, and we've got a spiritual body and a spiritual part of within us which is our is going to live forever. 
And we're living in a, an example of spreading the word of God. We've got our Bibles that, that we need to read, and we do read every single day. We go into our meetings with our Bible. This is the, such a, the most positive book on the whole planet. It constantly teaches us about praising the Lord, thanking the Lord, and living a wholesome life in Jesus Christ. And without reading our Bibles, without reminding our spiritual man, our spiritual body, uh, you know, then in the end, the, the natural man takes over and our natural mind is generally negative at the best of times. If you want to cast your mind back at a natural state, you'll always go back to the things that you weren't so good at, the things that you didn't, that you, when you were a bad dad or a bad brother or a bad husband. But when you're spiritually minded, you get drawn to the good things that have happened in your life so that you can share those things with others. In Colossians, it says, just to finish on, Colossians in chapter 3, verse 15, let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which ye are also called in one body and be ye thankful. Peace of God rule. The word rule comes from a Greek word talking about being a referee in Olympic games, an umpire. Let God be the umpire of our heart. He will determine things in the right way. And if you learn it in footy, whatever sport field you have, the referee will never change his mind once he's made a decision. The Bible is saying let the peace of God Rule. God won't change his mind. Being thankful and being at peace go together. Thankfulness is a motivation that leads us towards peace. And peace has come as a result of being thankful. Let the Lord say, let that rule in our hearts. And let us be thankful in all the people see. 